0: Have you ever said something that later you came to regret let me give you an example in college on the first day of every course we would go over the course plan and the assignments that were going to be due during that semester and one of the things that my friends and i always looked for was the professor's late paper policy you see i knew that i was a good enough student That I could turn in a paper late and take a penalty and still do well in the class. One preaching class that I attended, when we got the course plan, we didn't see a late paper policy. And so one of my friends asked uh, the professor, what is your late paper policy? And he simply said, that's very simple. I don't have a late paper policy. I don't accept late papers. He explained you are all trying to become pastors and uh, as a pastor you can't get up on Sunday morning and say gee I'm sorry I was sick early in the week and then I had guests from out of town late in the week and so I just didn't get around to preparing my message and so he said I don't accept late papers and it was amazing in that class I didn't turn in anything late for the entire semester. And his policy made sense to me. And so I wrote a pretty bold letter to the other professors in my Bible college and I explained to them why that should be their late paper policy also. And several talked to me about it, but most didn't change their policies. One didn't say anything to me at all except that uh, that his policy would stay the same except for me. And for me, he wouldn't accept late papers, and then during that semester, a situation came up in my life, and I honestly don't remember what it was, but I had to go to him and I had to say, Professor Meserve, I'm gonna need to turn in a paper late. I'll never forget, he threw back his head and he laughed a loud, long uh, laugh, and he scolded me about the letter that I had written and my lack of understanding of people needing to turn in late papers. And he said, Steve, I should say no to you. I should say no, I'm not going to accept a late paper. But he didn't. He just let me be embarrassed. Have you ever done something like that? Loudly proclaim something that you would never do, only to find yourself doing that same thing later on. Well, Jesus' close friend and follower, Peter, had that experience. Look at what it says in Mark chapter 14. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me. For the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And the others vowed the same. Peter had made this bold statement. He had said that he would never desert Jesus, that even if he had to die with him, he would not abandon Jesus. And yet Jesus was right. A few hours later, Peter denied that he had ever even met Jesus, not once, but three times. And the Bible is pretty clear that Peter was pretty embarrassed. He was pretty heartbroken. He felt really guilty about this. But this event that happened in the life of Jesus provides us with a word from Jesus that we want to focus on today. We find an interaction between Jesus and Peter recorded in John chapter 21. Let me make three important observations from this important event that will help us focus on what Jesus wants to say to us today. The first observation is, we often move backwards instead of forward. We often move backwards instead of forward. John 21 verse 3 says this, I am going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. And so they went out and they got into the boat. But that night, they caught nothing. Now, We really can't tell from the English translation of this, but Peter wasn't just going fishing for fun. He wasn't saying, I need some recreation. When you look at the words that he used and the language that the Bible was written in, Peter was saying, I'm going back to my occupation of fishing. I'm going to become a professional fisherman again. Now, this is interesting Because this happens after Jesus had told the first witness of his resurrection, go tell my disciples and Peter uh, that I want to see them. This happened after Jesus had already appeared to them in the upper room. and, And Peter was there. He had seen Jesus alive again. So what's going on here? It seems that Peter felt like such a failure as a follower of Jesus that he thought that Jesus couldn't possibly love him. He felt he was no good to Jesus anymore, so he might as well go back to his old job. He thought his days of helping Jesus change lives were over forever. Here's a major truth that I want you to understand with this one. When we feel we have no future we usually return to the past. When we feel we have no future, we usually return to the past. And we do this, don't we? I mean, anyone here ever try to lose weight? I've been working on it again. And I do well for a time. I start an eating plan, which most people call a diet. And that seems like an appropriate word because the first three letters of the word diet is die. And that's what it feels like. And, and I do really well for a time, and I lose some weight, but then something happens. I decide to cheat just once, I tell myself. And I eat something that I shouldn't, and usually for me it's chips, it's something salty. And I mean, it's just one bad choice, right? Well, not usually, because after the one bad choice, I decide, well, I already blew it today anyway, and... Uh, I might as well enjoy the day, so I eat tacos and gooey cinnamon rolls and anything else that sounds good to me, and I logic that it's just one bad day, but the next day is easy to eat whatever I want, and then I logic that I should wait until the following Monday to restart, and pretty soon I'm saying I'll start again after Christmas, even though it's only July. Is that just me? Or do you find it easy to return to the past after failure too? Whether it's returning to past eating habits or past sin habits or past fights with your loved ones, there's something about failure that makes us feel like we have no future. And when we feel we have no future, we return to the past. That's what Peter did. He didn't think that he could get beyond his past failure. And uh, he felt like because he had run away, because he had denied knowing Jesus, that he was damaged goods. He thought it will never be the same with Jesus ever again. He thought Jesus couldn't or wouldn't ever trust him Again. And so he ran away from Jesus. He ran away from the relationship that was the healthiest for him, that was the best for him. He decided that he had screwed up too much and uh, that Jesus wouldn't be able to keep loving him. And so he ran away. He moved backwards instead of forward. I wonder if there's anyone listening today who is doing the same thing. I mean, maybe you made a promise to follow Jesus. And to live for him years ago. And then you found yourself making choices that you know were not what Jesus would want. You found yourself sinning in ways you never thought you could or would. And you now find yourself so far from God that it amazes you. If you feel like damaged goods today and you don't think Jesus loves you or would ever trust you, keep listening. Because Jesus is going to show that both you and Peter are wrong if you're thinking that way. The second observation I want to make is we often downgrade when we try to upgrade. We often downgrade when we try to upgrade. We won't read the entire story, but Jesus and the others fish all night and While they're fishing, Jesus is preparing to help Peter by reminding him of some important things. If you read the whole story, you will see that Jesus prepared many uh, ways of reminding Peter, uh, uh, many reminders for Peter. Let's just list them. They had fished all night, and they caught nothing, and then Jesus tells them in the morning to throw the net out on the other side of the boat, and they catch this huge amount of fish. And this had happened earlier in Jesus' ministry, just before Jesus had promised to make Peter a fisher of men. You can find it in Luke chapter 5. And when they realized it was Jesus, Peter jumps from the boat and he swims to the shore. And when he gets to the shore, Jesus is cooking them breakfast around a charcoal fire. This was a reminder To Peter, because it was around a charcoal fire that Peter had denied knowing Jesus not once but three times. And Jesus is always preparing, also preparing a breakfast of bread and fish in the same area where 5,000 people had been given bread and fish through a miracle of Jesus. Let's read what happens next. Uh, We'll go from in John chapter 21. We'll start with verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Jesus seems to remind Peter of the three times that he denied knowing him by asking Peter three times, do you love me? But there's something else going on in this passage that is important, and we don't notice it because it isn't apparent in English. Some of you had heard, have heard that the Greek language has several different words for love. And two different words are used here. The first time Jesus asks Peter, he says, Peter, do you love me more than these? And the word that he uses is, do you love me with an agape love, the highest and most godly form of love? And Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And the word he uses is, I love you with a brotherly love. I love you like a brother." The second time is the same thing. Jesus says, do you have this high godly love for me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you like a brother. Now, why would Peter change the word for love? Well, there's two possibilities here. It's possible that Peter just didn't have the confidence to use the highest and best word for love because he had failed Jesus. But I think the second possibility is more likely. I think that Peter thought, as was common in that day, that brotherly love was better, that it was closer, that it was more intimate. You see, some thought that godly love was very philosophical that it was impossible to obtain and brotherly love was stronger and more personal so i think jesus uh, that peter was trying to express a stronger love in his answer he was trying to upgrade his love but in reality he ended up downgrading his love for jesus because as always jesus knows what's best for peter and i think we do this too We think we're upgrading and we end up downgrading. We think Jesus wants me to get my finances in order and I'll work really hard to pay off all my debt. And then when I have all my debt paid off, then and only then will I start giving my tithe and I'll give even more to the church. And we think that in the long run we'll upgrade our giving by getting out of debt. But it turns out that we downgrade spiritually because God has promised to bless those who obey him in this area of giving. And so instead of getting our finances in order, we often end up in worst financial shape because we didn't do it God's way. Or we think, I want to be a good and godly parent," and Uh, parent and my kid needs to have all of these different activities and experiences if I'm going to be a good parent and some of these sports and clubs and activities are on Sunday. And so, uh, just for a season, we tell ourselves, I'll skip church. I'll let my kids do these other things. And we still hold on to Jesus. And uh, we think that we say that Jesus and the church is really important, but we skip uh, for a while for sports seasons or for these trips or for this club. And we think that it isn't. Either or. It can be both and, and we make both the church and other activities high priorities in our mind. But I can tell you, it usually doesn't work that way. Usually, what we thought was an upgrade for our kids ends up downgrading their long term spiritual growth. And it's why Jesus' first question is so important and why it is the word from Jesus for today. Jesus says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? For Peter, he could have been saying, do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than your old occupation? Do you love me more than these other guys, than the people around you? Do you love me more than what people will think about you? when you decide to follow me do you choose me as the highest priority in your life peter do you love me more than all of these he he to us he may be saying do you love me more than the perception that you're a good parent do you love me more than you love being debt free do you love me more than your hobby do you love me more than your comfort Do you love me more than your political opinion? Do you love me more than your sin habit? Do you love me more than uh, the opinion that other people around you have? Do you choose me as your highest priority in life? Do you love me more than all these things? There's a third observation we should look at. We always prove our love by our actions. We always prove our love by our actions. Look back at our passage of Scripture. Look at verse 17 again. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep we said the first two times Peter changes Jesus' word for love. The third time, Jesus changes, his, changes Peter's word for love. The third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you really even love me like a brother? Do you really even love me like a brother? I think that's what hurt Peter. Peter. Not that Jesus asked him three times, which would have reminded him of denying Jesus three times. But the fact that Jesus changes the word. That Jesus doubted even that the brotherly love that Peter had declared for him. Jesus knew brotherly love would fail him. Brotherly love would cause Peter to deny even knowing Jesus. But I like Peter's answer. Peter says, Lord, you know all things. You know how I fail. You know how I didn't keep my promise to you, but you also know my heart. And if you know my heart, you know that I love you. Despite failing you, I love you. It's a great approach because it depends on what God knows. And maybe this is a good way for us to deal with our own personal guilt to reconnect with god okay god you know everything you know how i failed you you know how often i sin but you also know my heart you know i really want to live for you i really want to keep my promises to you i really love you But there's something else that's important and consistent in this passage. As Peter is announcing his love for Jesus, each time Jesus reinforces his intention to use Peter. He calls Peter... To action. He says, Peter, I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to take care of my lambs. Jesus is saying to Peter, your failure isn't fatal and it isn't final. I want you to pick yourself up. I want you to get back into the game. I want you to love me by serving me and helping people find hope and help in me. He says, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep and that's what peter did he picked himself up and he moved past his failures and he loved jesus by serving him and he caught the lesson that Jesus was trying to teach him. Years later, late in his life, just before his own death, Peter wrote these words to elders in the church. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 5. He wrote, To the elders among you I I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care. Watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. Jesus knew Peter needed help to overcome his failure and get back in the game. I'm wondering if there's anyone listening today that might need help. You see, when you feel like you have failed, you can't see your potential. When you feel like you failed, you can't see your own potential. But the clear message of Jesus is your faith is still active. Your failure isn't fatal. Your failure isn't final. He wants you to get back up, to get back in the game. He wants to restore you. He wants to use you. He wants you to serve him. Let's spend the rest of our time looking at how you can get back in the game. First... Answer Jesus's question Do you love me more than these? Now be, be careful about skimming over this or answering quickly. Don't answer too quickly. Sit with this question for a time. Do I love Jesus more than anything else? Remember, we always prove our love by our actions. Do my actions show that Jesus is the top priority in my life. Honestly, for most, this is a struggle. Many of us love our kids or our spouse more than we love Jesus. That one's hard. It's hard. But I promise you that if you will love Jesus more, you will become a better spouse and a better parent. That's the hardest one but it isn't the only one. Do you love your job more than you love Jesus? Do you love your hobby more than you love Jesus? Do you love relaxing at home more than Jesus? Those seem like ridiculous questions, but sit with them a while and ask yourself, in a contest between my job and Christ or his body, the church, who ends up winning most times? If it's a contest between my job and Jesus, Who ends up winning? Who gets my attention more often, Jesus or my hobby? Who gets my attention? Now, don't forget, your actions will prove what you love. So when you sit with it, if you realize that you have let other things crawl into the place of higher priority than Jesus, what should you do? Well, you should just repent of that. You say, Jesus, I am sorry that I let you slip to second place or third place in my life. Or maybe even, Jesus, I'm sorry that something else has been tied for first place in my life. I want to love you more than anything else. I want to love you more than anything else. Second, accept Jesus' demand. Love him more than anything else. Do it. Love him more than anything else. That's what Peter did. He turned back to Jesus. He put him first in his life, and he followed him fully for the rest of his life. He did that even when Jesus said it wouldn't be easy. Look at what Jesus says to Peter after asking him three times if he loved him and telling him three times to serve him. Uh, Start with verse 18 of John 21. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Jesus said to Peter, it isn't going to be easy. This isn't going to be an easy path. You will suffer. You will be imprisoned. And when John says Jesus was indicating what kind of death Peter would die, he was referring to Jesus saying, you will stretch out your hands. Because like Jesus, Peter died by being crucified. But Peter didn't think that he was worthy of being crucified exactly like Jesus. And so Peter asked to be crucified upside down which would have been a far more painful death. So Jesus says, Peter, it's going to be hard and painful. And then Jesus uses those words that Peter had heard about three years before, follow me, follow me. What a joy Peter must have felt that day, getting a new start with Jesus and you can have that same joy today. If you've been feeling far from God, maybe he brought you here today to let you know that you can have a new start with him. The issue isn't if you have failed, we've all failed. The issue isn't if you are forgiven, that's what Jesus came to earth to die on the cross to do for us. The issue is, will you let him move you past your failure? Will you let him move you past the other priorities in your life so that you can follow Jesus fully? Unless you think that your sins and your failures will keep you from being close to Jesus again, if you still think that, uh, if you think that will keep you uh, from ever being used by Jesus again, listen to a person who met Jesus while he was actively trying to hunt down and punish Jesus people who followed Jesus. This man who murdered Christians was given the job of recording about one-third of the New Testament and sharing a message that should bring you and I hope today. If you're focused on your sin, if you're focused on your failures, hear these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For God was in Christ restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. May we all experience Jesus restoring each of us to himself, blotting out all of our sins as we commit ourselves to uh, loving him more than anything else, And proving it by our actions as his purposes and his priorities become primary in our lives. And as we serve him and follow him fully. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us even when we have faltered, even when we have failed. Thank you, Father, that our failure is not fatal or final in your eyes. Thank you, Father, that you love us and want to use us. And now, Father, help us to hear your question. Do you love me more than these? Help us, Father, to love you above all else, above anyone and anything that might get in the way of us belonging completely to you and being committed to you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.